0: final
1: <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Hora. I'm Lee. I'm Adam. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is that? that
2: is...
0: I was just being childish <laughs> when I left the house. <laughs> <laughs> I was like shall I put that out clear wouldn't you? So, <laughs> you? And I'm a shocked Chris. <sighs>
1: uh, so we are here having just watched uh, Dead of Night uh, which was part of a Uh, part of a request that we received from Mm. uh, listener to the show Philip which we very much appreciated gives a good opportunity to dig this gem of a movie out which we've not seen in a long time Um, obviously we know there's been uh, a bit of an interval Uh, we didn't record the last episode um, and Lady Jennifer and I just put something up in a kind of last minute rush so we do apologise for that Uh, we're not letting standard, standard slip it was just
0: It was a good. It was a good episode. Thank you. And can I just say, well done on your defence because I've never heard it put so well of Amazon, where (laughs) it's they're fiddling their tax so we don't have to. (laughs) You know, I think that's that's lovely.
1: She just gets very upset about it. She does, bless her. Um, And so whenever I buy anything from Amazon, she always says, "Oh well, I'm sure you could get it somewhere else." Yeah, I could, but then. But you get sucked
2: into uh, the, the Amazon ecosystem.
1: Yes, I am, because they're really reasonably priced, they deliver stuff really well.
2: Yeah, He
0: heard that Amazon was on fire, and he was like, yeah, they are. They're really <laughs> it out of the park, those guys. <laughs> What's that smell? <laughs> um,
1: but yes, so in the meantime, um, Adam, during your sickness and delirium... Oh, what happened? Uh,
0: um Th- supposedly chicken pox mm. uh, turned out to just be like a gastric infection that Ted had given me or yeah, I had given Ted. I think Ted had given me. One of the unfortunate
2: mm. side effects of yeah. having children.
0: But um, that and the
2: loss of money, and time, yeah. organisation, <laughs> premature ageing. Basically most of the good things in life.
0: Really.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I'm never having children.
0: But uh, yeah, <laughs> But there was uh, yeah. So that was basically that. There was a lot of uh, uh, you know sort of body horror going on, mm. shall we say. So. Uh, but you're both good now. But we're both good now. Excellent. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, good. I mean, he has no moral centre essentially at the moment. So <laughs> I won't, I won't pass that moral judgment on him. But I'm good. So. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, so yeah, so I can only apologise to listeners that the episode's late, certainly. Um, and uh, but yeah, I did enjoy your uh, one on the boys. Thank you very so. much. Yeah, as I say, it
1: was it was it was uh, basically we weren't we weren't gonna have an episode at all, and we literally finished it on the Saturday evening. So I said, you know what? I'm sure people who are our fans are probably into the same stuff as us. And probably just watched it as well so we'll just do a quick a quick round up and just our thoughts very quickly just to put something up so yeah we're not laying standard slip it's just it was that or nothing so we uh we decided it was probably better
0: yeah, to, oh, yeah. Uh, I think it was I think it was a very good I think it was a good episode oh,
2: thank you well. thank you. So when did the boys come out it's pretty recent Yes, Chris is confused. Yeah, so I, I've been uh, a little preoccupied. <laughs> but but I did manage to watch something this time. Oh, what did you watch? I finished watching Stranger Things. Oh, season which, three? Yeah, which oh. i decided is still the best thing I've seen for a long time. Yes. Um. You said it was your favourite season. This you? was my favourite mm. season of the three. So I wasn't sure. I think the first half of the first episode, I just wasn't quite sure. It might have helped if I'd watched... Like caught up on it again yeah Um yeah reminded myself but yeah and then as I got into it it, it was uh yeah just I, I thought they really did such a good job on it
1: they did and I've yeah I've started doing that now um, yeah because I don't have time to go back and re-watch everything before mm. season starts but I generally find if you go on YouTube and have like a watch a little recap
2: um, most things okay. you
1: can watch like a 10-15 so yeah,
2: I, I should make more use of YouTube the kids use it for all sorts of things but yeah, I there's, don't tend to use it myself.
0: There's it. a lot. There were a lot of good ones for uh, Game of Thrones. It was very helpful. Yes, mm.
2: yes,
1: they did, I needed uh, that as yeah. well. Um, yeah. So Stranger Things was fantastic. I'm glad yeah. you enjoyed it. it. That is definitely in the realm of horror.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but it's so, so many good elements. And in the end, even um, I guess we're doing spoilers. Are we doing spoilers on these? Yeah, Maybe we can't do it now. For Cause it's not one that we've watched. Okay, yeah, so no, smart. okay, let's leave but, it. But yeah, I just thought they they concluded it so well. Hmm. Um, you know, a poignant end. Um, do they are they planning to any more? Oh, I thought this was the last season, but they yeah. definitely
1: ended the season ready for a follow-up. Cuz
2: yeah, cuz at the very end there was
1: Yes, that last scene that opens it up for
2: a potential yeah, another season. Okay. Um but yeah, really good show. Hmm. Really good. Um I liked the the never-ending story. Uh, song. That's made me decide I want to watch Never Ended Story again.
1: I cheered out loud at that moment. Yeah, I don't it mind was, admitting that. <laughs> it was seriously good.
2: It's, it's funny because when they do things like that it's it, you can feel a bit like oh that's that's a bit obvious hmm. to because you know it's going to make everyone nostalgic if they've yeah, seen yeah. it but they still did it so well.
1: Yeah and I think that's the thing with the show as well like mm. you say a lot of people have sort of bashed it as oh it's it's just 80s nostalgia and but like I, just, I loved all the characters in it. Yeah. And I just thought everything in it just worked mm. well and it was really well written. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so.
2: There was, I'll, I'll give a bit of a spoiler maybe, but one scene I thought was fantastic was when they flipped it round and made Billy the one having the horror experience. Yeah. Like that was just such a nice, that sort of thing reminded me of the Goonies or something where, you know, they're coming up with something funny but it's effective. Like it just, yeah some very nice little ideas in there
1: i did rewatch the goonies actually this week because uh because i hadn't seen it in about six mm. months so it was Is it held up due for a rewatch. oh it always holds up it's one of those films i loved as a kid and i didn't watch it in maybe a decade or yeah. so 15 years and then i watched it a couple of years ago and went oh my god like it... why have i not kept this in my repertoire like it should be a more so yeah
2: what I'm age do you think back... you could watch that because i i remember it being fine but i'm sure loads of the films that i thought were fine when i start to watch like, I know, the kids aren't quite it's ready for that yeah
1: fine but they do say shit an yeah, awful uh, lot in yeah. it for a pg like and again i know times have changed um but yeah i did notice it watching it this time i was like there's at least a dozen shits mm. in there which you know it's it's not the end of the world but could be worse yeah say, so, but if disney made a film now probably pre-teens no, you wouldn't in, have no. that many in there maybe
2: just one just yeah, a little a fairly audible kind of... Yeah. A whispered cumbucket. <laughs> <Yeah. isn't it?
1: laughs> <laughs> Is that the name of your autobiography?
0: The whispered comebuck. That's no, the title of a, a fantasy novel series that I'm working on. I'm, book, I'm on book three right now. HBO are interested. <laughs>
1: Adam, so when you were at home fighting off all of the disease... Uh, what at least 12 have? shits, I think, that yeah. as well. <laughs> What did you watch? um
0: Well, apart from there was a disturbing moment when there was a man on the shopping channel selling a fragrance and they'd called it Abuser. What? It's a bit much, isn't it? That, you, what? Yeah. That, was, that, that can't that, that, be real. No, that was my reaction because it was like, right, we're selling this. It's a bit controversial. It's got <laughs> a controversial name. I understand that. And uh, yeah, they're selling this like, abuser and it's just a fragrance It's just, yeah it's just like a, a, a perfume <laughs> but um, yeah abuser and there was another one which was um, something like no privacy or something like that basically it was like sort of it was like excerpts from a pervert's diary yeah, yeah, yeah. have been used to label some scent bottles. This sounds awful. It, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it wasn't good anyway. But yeah, I just had to get that out there because that's one of those things that's just been buzzing around the back of my mind like a, <laughs> like <a> pong. <laughs> i was just like, oh yeah, someone's made a perfume called Abuser. What the- abuse would be slightly better. <laughs> Yes. the abuser. is I think whoever did that should be. I think they grounds <laughs> to be put away. Really, I think that person should be taken off the streets. It is well. It's a, it's a dodgy one, definitely. But I've watched. Uh, I've watched a bit of uh, season two of Mindhunter. Um, oh yeah. That's. No, I mean that's sort of going great guns. So I think I haven't been uh, concentrating properly on it, so I might go back and. 'Cause I've, I think I think only like three Sam, episodes. Isn't it? Yeah, Son of Sam was in it, that was great. I Although, he, had,
1: he had exactly the same thing as I had last time, which is I didn't watch I, I mm. didn't watch any of it, but I walked in while Jennifer was watching it and saw him and just immediately went, Wow, that that yeah. is exactly
0: I how mean, he looks. Nothing nothing quite like Ed Kemper, because the mm. guy that got doing Ed Kemper that was just astonishing. Spot on. Um, but I'm I'm wait I think I think I'm coming up to the Manson episode as okay. well, so I'm sort of looking forward to that. But I think that they're now it's now got to the point of they're having to drama it up mm. a bit. So there's sort of sort of incidents within private lives where you're like, I know this is based on two profilers from the, who started the FBI uh, behavioral science unit. Mm. I'm fairly certain that that didn't occur <laughs> or they weren't involved in that via this or yeah. whatever like that so there's it's taken a bit of license now so I'm sort of like which concerns me slightly because I'm always like mm, it's you know as soon as as soon as people are thinking about script writing it's always a bit sort of weird but um but yeah no. but so far it's sort of like it's going good i have watched i watched last night i watched a film called in fabric which is the new Peter Strickland movies, the guy who did Bavarian Sound Studio. Mm-hmm. Christ, that's mental. I mean, that is just like a. F- that- is this the one about the killer dress? Yeah, yes. And it's like, it's. <laughs> there's, there's, there's kind of like, it's kind of like there's four movies in there. And because it's meant to be like, there's a woman purchases a dr- this dress and it's uh, evil or possessed or has. An evil influence upon it's people. It's a lunatic mm. idea. Yeah. Oh, it, it sounds so yeah. much fun. Well, <laughs> so she buys the dress from a department store. It's kind of set around. I would estimate around about sort of mid eighties, like maybe mm. about eighty five. But they don't. It's not made a big deal of. But the fact that there's basically sort of certain things like. Certain bits of technology like old Tellys, yeah. answer machines. No mm-hmm. one's got a mobile. I kind of think they oh, right, gives it away. Yeah, right, it's yeah. kind, of, but they don't. It isn't a big deal or anything else like yeah. that. But it's a, so, yeah. The, but the shop the woman buys the dress from. The best way I can describe it. So you've got you've got one movie which is kind of like the woman who initially buys the dress, who is a widower who's kind of uh, she's not a widow, uh, like a divorcee who's looking for uh people are like uh, on Lonely Hearts ads mm-hmm. but it's all like in the Lonely Hearts columns, it's not like online or anything yeah. like that. And um yeah, she buys the dress for a date and it sort of sort of stems from there but and her son, uh, like she's got a teenage son who's a bit distant, who's got his girlfriend round. His girlfriend is played by Gwendolyn Christie, uh a Brioche of time oh, from yes. uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. Um who also played Captain Phasma, Asma, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, and she's... Um, Bri- she Tarth. Yes, not Brioche. <laughs> <I know>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now that, that's how I've had to go with it for many a time. It's like, right, I know her, Brioche. Okay, yeah. yeah. So where was she last time we saw her? Um, and, um, yeah, she's sort of like his arty goth girlfriend, like the son's arty goth girlfriend. But, uh, cool. yeah, and she looked great as a goth. But um, mm. so, and they've got that kind of film, which kind of feels like a sort of Mightly, bit domesticy sort of thing. Um, Barry Adamson turns up in it as well as, as one of the potential suitors, and it's like, fucking hell, now I know. Because I kept seeing Barry Adamson talking about it In Fabrics, so I was like, oh, he must be doing the soundtrack. Yeah. Not a single sausage. No, no, nothing <laughs> other, like there was no <laughs> soundtrack released, or, and it was a band called Cavern of Antimatter who were doing the soundtrack, and it was like, mm. oh, okay. So, but then, yeah, it turns out Barry Adamson's actually in it. And he's nice. really good, um, but uh, yeah. So you've got their film, and then you've got a, a story about. A, but she works in a bank, and her bosses are Julian Barrett and Steve Oram, the wow. god, god of this podcast, yes, un, unofficial friend of the podcast, Steve Oram. <laughs> um, and they're like a comedy couple, sort of of like really just pathetically neglectful bosses. Mm-hmm. You know where it's like sort of like oh, we've noticed productivity come down. Could it be to do with your handshake? <laughs> you know, someone said that your handshake wasn't all that powerful. Um and so you've got that bit going on. Then there's the dress ends up with this couple and he's a washing machine repair man. But whenever he describes what's wrong with the washing machine, it sends people into like a near sort of narcoleptic orgasmic state <coughs> of because he's just so boring. So people are there just uh, uh, <laughs> like that. And so, again, that's bizarre. But the shop that she buys the dress from is essentially Suspiria meets Are You Being Served? Because it's like (laughs) one of those old sort of Grace Brothers, Gamages sort of old style shops. But it's like three really great, creepy women and this one uh, and their sort of uh, overlord. And it's got that lovely thing of where you know what they're doing because it's you know when you watch like uh, an Amicus film or a Hammer film and it's set modern day mm. but then they go into the shop and there's the creepy guy yeah and it's like why is no one seeing how creepy this, this guy is yeah and this lot like, are just overt it's <laughs> like he looks like a corpse she looks like <laughs> a funeral director and it's like and she but and everything she says is it, it's just fucking bizarre She's like, like I it, need to see did, this.
2: did you say this is good? because you made good. it sound amazing it, <laughs> it's
0: good I just still don't know why at the moment and there's uh, th- n- not much is explained there's uh, but you get y- it's enough that you can sort of follow the process and everything else like mm. that of What's going on? But it is just fucking weird. That sounds good. I definitely need to bump that higher up my watch list. And one that I definitely think goes to the top of your watch list, Lee. If you've not seen it, uh, I watched uh, Mr. Nicholas Cage in Mom and Dad. I have not seen right. it. Right. And I've not had the urge to see no, it. No, see it. <laughs> it's directed by the bloke who did Crank. And basically, it's the one where... Parents lose their emotional attachment to their children, mm. so they just decide to murder their kids. Yes. And there's nothing quite like Nicolas Cage confronting his sort of middle aged midlife crisis where he builds a pool table in the garage in a Misfits t shirt and then smashes it up with a hammer because he has an argument with his missus. Um, but yeah, basically, it's. Oh, that is just fucking... It's ludicrous. I mean, it's well, it's the bloke who did Crank. Yeah. So mm. you know kind of how bizarrely over-the-top it's going to be. But it's kind of like... It's halfway somewhere. It's a bit like an inverted Children of the Corn, because it's the parents attacking the kids, mm. and 28 Days Later. And I but with Nicholas Cage... This and he does a Nicholas good job Nicholas Caging yes mm. yeah when he's banging on the door going your motherfucking mother told you to motherfucking get the fuck out of there and you'll <laughs> listen to your motherfucking mother and come out of that motherfucking door and so on and so forth yeah I think that's
1: going to be watched this week by the sounds of it that's, yeah
0: um, soundtrack's um, great as well because it's that same sort of thing as Crank where it's just sudden bursts of do 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> oh nice
1: so, yeah yeah so I'm very keen to see his new one um which is previewing in two weeks time I think um which is uh, the colour Out of Space mm. uh, which is one of my one of my favourite HP Lovecraft stories so yeah. seeing Nicolas Cage Nicolas Cage all over it and is going to be
0: amazing it's directed by Richard Stanley as well he oh, did Hardware it? and Dust Devil so that is like that's yeah. another celib- yeah this is going to be good and uh, and I found out the other day the soundtracks by the guy who did the soundtracks Red Tree, mm. and I love that the, the soundtrack to that so I'm I, I mean whatever way I think is gonna be good mm. but yeah I really am so up for that when it
1: finally emerges sounds fantastic um, so since we last recorded I've seen a few things in the world of horror um, I, last weekend I watched the dead don't die mm mm-hmm. uh, that look didn't say a lot it does I really enjoyed it it wasn't what I was expecting mm. from the trailer it is very much a Jim Jarmusch. Oh sort of
0: weird, yeah. quirky yeah. Yeah.
1: character. Like comedy. it basically it is coffee and cigarettes. Oh right, okay. But with zombies. Like it's that same very mm. slow, very drawn out, everyone's kind of awkward and has really strange conversations. Yeah. Um but the cast in it is just absolutely amazing. Um I mean, obviously there, as we know, the main character the, uh the main characters are Bill Murray and Adam Driver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Tom Waits has a fantastic cameo in it. Chloe Sevigny's in it, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah she is. Um oh it, yeah, it's uh, and the thing is it's one of those there's nobody in it who isn't so even people who have very small passing roles yeah. who should be just played by Yeah, like one of them is a delivery guy and it's Rizza. no reason whatsoever. <clears throat> He just comes and does a
0: delivery, and it's just oh yeah, look there's Rizza. Like I just, s- I suspect that Jim Jarmusch is a bit like Peter Richardson. You know <laughs> when they used to do the comic strip movies, and it was basically he'd just ring round, mm. and it's like right, who can do, who can do two weeks in October? Yeah, and it's like no, Rick can't do that, but Aid can, and you know, and I think it's the similar sort of thing. It's like, I mean, the amount of people who are in coffee and cigarettes. And you can just sort of like ring them up and it's just like, Riza, are you doing anything? Yeah. And probably smoking. And yeah. said, well, you can stop doing that and drive a car for me for 15 minutes if you've done mine.
1: Yeah, it was pretty much that. But I, like, I really enjoyed it. I can see why it didn't get as well received as it should have done, considering hmm. the cast. Um, as I say, because it is that very strange, quirky comedy.
0: Yeah. Um, but I absolutely loved it. I thought it was really good. I think also the trouble is the zombie bubble as well and truly sort of burst. Yeah. Because I'm really horrified by this. Um, well, not horrified, but I'm just uneasy about this. Ben Wheatley is doing a TV series for Channel 4, but it's a Brexit-themed zombie apocalypse thing. And I was like, unless that had his name attached, you were- yeah, that w- I would you- not touch that with a barge pie if they yeah. just said, oh, Channel 4, you know, their next big series is going to be... A zombie theme, uh, like Brexit-themed zombie thing, I'd be like, right, no, don't need to watch it. And yeah. then Ben Wheatley's a day It's like, I'd oh, imagine he could pull it off, yeah. but equally, mind you, he's also doing the next Tomb Raider sequel as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like,
1: yeah, I that was a weird I heard one because somewhere, yeah. you know, I'd
0: have thought he'd have been snapped up for a Marvel or something like that by now. Yeah, and, you know, if you're going to do your big budget movie, because that that will probably be the first Ben Wheatley movie I don't bother seeing because. <laughs> I'm not in the Tomb Raider, and I've not seen no. the ones prior to it. You know. No, I haven't seen any of the of the Tomb Raider. Right, so I'm surprised re- that, I would
2: have thought you would have done it. I haven't seen any, but I would have thought you definitely would have done.
1: No, again, because I'd never really played the games or anything, mm. and the
2: films just got absolutely yeah, they didn't. So yeah, yeah that, that
1: great. great. So I was like, yeah, I've got no <laughs> yeah. no affiliation with anything no. linked to this, so I, I haven't gotten around to it. Um. Other things I've watched in the world of horror, I'm only halfway through it, but uh, thanks to uh, a listener to the show and friend of the show and previous guest host, Adam, um, he sent me a link uh, about six months ago saying, have you seen there's a Banana Splits horror movie that's been made? Um, (laughs) And I have started watching the Banana Splits horror movie uh, and I'm really enjoying it. It's Mm. just a slasher film, but the killers of the Banana Splits. Like... How can you go wrong with that? It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that it's is yeah really low budget. It's daft as souls as it obviously is going to be. Yeah, and it's just really good fun so far. So um, cool. I'm only about halfway through, but I'm going to persist with that. Um, Brightburn, I finally oh, saw. Oh yeah, any cop? Yes. Oh cool. Really good. Really well. It's only an hour and a half. It's really well paced. It's really well acted. Um, it, it, yeah, and it's a superhero slasher. Mm. Effectively, yeah, um,
0: yeah, really, Super really. Superhero slasher it Yeah, basically, it's Superman's origin story, but Superman gets to being a teenager and just does what a normal teenager would do with those powers and mm. runs fucking amuck.
1: Yeah, so everyone who cr- so basically, yeah, it's the same. Uh, it la- it's a couple who want a kid; they can't have a kid. Uh, a craft lands on their land because they're farmers they bring the kid up yeah and he has no idea but yeah he's got superpowers mm. um yeah and he just he, he oh, i won't spoil what happens but yeah he basically just realizes that he's there to murder humanity so mm. he just decides that that's what he's going to do and he's going to start with everybody who's pissed him off and he just goes around and murders Good place to start i will we'll say yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yes yeah, absolutely fantastic really enjoy- it's, it's, it is one of the most well paced movies i've seen in a long time it really
0: Mm. clips through it really quickly that's good to be in an hour and a half i mean that's the probably the only thing i would say about in fabric is it is two hours so it's like maybe could have shaved but yeah but equally there's enough going on at any point and like i say it's one of those ones that's actually it's getting better in my mind yeah Yes. Because I just keep going over it and going, why were they doing that? Yeah. Yeah. See, I Um, love a film like that. that You Mm. watch
1: and go, that was all right. And then the more you think about it, you go, no, it was really good, actually.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it with commentary because I I, I need answers. Or at least more (laughs) questions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And finally, uh, we caught up with it. uh, It was randomly on TV while we were in Canada twice. Yeah. So when we came home, we've ordered the box set. Um, Houdini and Doyle. TV show from... Is that as in Conan Doyle? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and Houdini basically Mm. teaming up with the police to try and solve cases. Inexplicable crimes. Yes. So Obviously, um, Doyle was a famous um believer in the supernatural mm, yeah uh, and Houdini didn't believe and made a point of his proving stuff yeah he was a debunker yeah so they get brought into supernatural cases by the police yeah so that one is a believer <laughs> and the other is a skeptic that's pretty good um yeah and it's really good like there's a Spring Hill Jack episode Oh, nice. uh, there's an episode in Bedlam uh the last one we just what was the episode we just saw oh um Bram Stoker Oh. Um, yeah, basically he's about to release Dra- about to release the book of Dracula, and basically the vampires and the vampire hunters have all come out of the woodwork. Oh right, okay, um, yeah, yeah, and are yeah the vampire hunters are trying to kill him, or it might be the vampires who are trying to kill. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's really good. So, so do they wind each other up. Yeah, mm-hmm. ultimately, mm-hmm. Um, and it's Stephen Mangan plays um, oh. Doyle, uh, which is why when we were just flicking through it, I was like, oh. You have seen the fa- mangan yeah. thing sitting Vic- sit in Victorian England, yeah. I
2: should watch this. So I haven't seen him for a while, but he was one of my favourite people to follow on Twitter. Oh really? Yeah, he yeah. had a lot of interesting good, things to say. He was good on Twitter, yeah. Who plays
0: Houdini? Is it a, a famous...? Uh, no,
1: so it's a guy I've not heard of, but he is very good. Uh, it's a guy called Michael Weston. Um, mm. Let me just have a quick look and see what else Michael Weston has done. Looks familiar. Oh, he's in the Dukes of Hazard movie uh 65 credits yeah so he's done quite a he's, yeah. it looks like he's more of a tv yeah actor in the states so that's why i've not seen a lot of stuff that he was in um but yeah really good and yeah like the two of them work really well together mm. yeah and it's just a fantastic show so if anyone gets a chance yeah we bought the but there's, they only did one season and mm-hmm. it was 10 episodes so oh, right, okay. it's fairly quick to get through like 45 minutes an episode mm-hmm. um yeah, and it's really enjoyable and really good. So, wholeheartedly go uh, suggest that. Um, now we have a hashtag Ask Welcome to Horror question. Ooh, Ooh. Um From uh, listener and friend of the show, Sarah. Good evening, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Thank Hello, you very mate. much. For, <laughs> thank you very much for your. Uh, happy happy birthday. birthday.
0: And happy birthday mm. as well. Yeah, which was yesterday. Uh, No, it was last last Sunday. Last Sunday, Uh, but we went. I went and saw her today because, obviously, I was. uh, was, Well, I was ejected from all areas. Yeah, Yeah, probably best that you don't go and see her when you're doing that. Well, there you go. What What would you like as a present? Socialism.
1: So, Sarah sent us a fantastic question, uh, which I've written down here, which is: Who from horror actors, directors, uh, or uh, composers? Living or deceased, would you have to a dinner party? Um, So I thought, as we have a dinner table, a dining room table for 10, and we would take up four of those spaces, uh, we should say that we can select six people each. So, Chris, six six people people each.
0: each. Yeah. Do you mean two people? No, what I mean
1: is each of us would decide who those six people would be. Right, yeah. got you. Yeah, no, okay. I didn't mean, yeah. 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 I going to say, it's a fucking big So noise, yeah. So, read it out again. Okay. So, who from horror, living or, deceased, living or deceased, would you have to a dinner party?
2: Well, I would have to go for Sam Neil. Good call. Oh, nice. Because I still like him from Event Horizon.
0: They're doing a TV series of it,
2: possibly. Are they? Oh,
0: something. Some. I did see something the other day. Event Horizon TV series in development. See, Which I would. That, yeah,
2: that would be great. I would like to see it done again, modern. Yeah. Now, even though I still think it's held up a bit mm. against all the naysayers. <laughs> you mean all me? Things? Well. It, <laughs> yeah. So, so I'd go for him first. Yeah. You want some more? Yeah. <laughs> Should
1: we ask Adam and then come back? Would would tend to do that? Yeah. Yes, Adam. I think. So you have six spaces to fill.
0: If I have six spaces to fill, I want Cushion and Lee. Mm-hmm. I want um, Vincent Price and Peter Lorry. Yep. Um then uh, especially cuz Vincent Price I'm hoping that he'll chip in with the grub his yes his chef yes um and hmm, and then I don't know okay I've, I've petered out you? you've run out I've run out
1: I've, I've petered see now I kind of cheated because I saw this question a week ago and have been having a really serious think about it see I saw the question a week ago and totally forgot about it <laughs> and I didn't see the question a week ago you didn't see the question at all um, so I have gone for actually I've, I I did cross a load out because I did go for something that seemed a little bit too obvious um, so I Peter well, and Christopher I, Lee and yeah, well, Vincent Price yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I did leave Vincent Price in because yeah. obviously you've got to have Vincent Price uh, I've also got Bela Lugosi um, I would have Cassandra Peterson
2: who oh, is Elvira yeah.
1: she'd be great at a party um, yeah, I might just
0: populate it with Screen Queen actually. yeah I see yeah. Um, Guillermo del Toro I was thinking Guillermo because if anything I'd imagine that man can cook yes Again, and he'd be entertaining Like, you oh, know, yeah. he's a- excited he's an avuncular man uh I'd have
1: Dennis Wheatley uh, because Ooh. of his knowledge of uh Yeah of the occult. Um and my wildcard one, I'd have Jack Pierce.
0: Oh cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like that. Uh
1: for Chris uh, for Chris, yeah. Uh Jack Pierce was the guy who worked for uh Universal doing the makeup when they did the original monster movies. Okay. So when we now think of uh Dracula in the cape with the red sash with the medallion. So he wasn't originally stuff. like that. No, in the book, he was he's described worse, as like an animal, like, horrible, like he's almost yeah. rat like. And that's, um, yeah. So that was all Jack Pierce. And also, uh, Frankenstein's monster in the book is just described as a bit of a big guy. Mm. <coughs> so, like the green skin, the flathead, the neck bolts, all of that is all the work So he made Jack them Pierce. pretty iconic. Yes. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, so I would like to have him there for his... Because everything we now think of with those characters has all come from him. That's quite and impressive. Yeah, I mean, for somebody who's been kind of lost to history and isn't revered as well as he should be. Mm. Well... <coughs> Excuse me, sorry.
2: Yeah, I suppose most, most of the non-actors or directors don't get in the limelight quite so much. No, exactly. And there a was, well, there was one that you've mentioned a few times, though, and I don't know his name. <coughs> Stan Winston, Rob Team. Rick Baker. Rick Baker could be. Probably. Who who was Probably it who Rick did Baker. who was it who did the Wolf in London? That hmm. was Rick Baker. Yeah, there Rick you go. Rick Baker. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the one.
1: <coughs> and that's the thing they make up. They make such an important impact on those movies. I mean, you think how a movie can be made or lost over the special effects. Yeah, and unfortunately, to some degree, they go. Unnoticed, Tom Savini as well. We should mention, um, but yeah, they kind of go unknown, which is a shame. So uh, yeah, so that's why Jack Pierce made my made my list. So Chris, have you had a little think now? Well, yeah,
2: I've been thinking back through the archives. Uh, now, of course, my problem is that I'm pretty bad with names. I don't know if you'd noticed that. <laughs> um, so I would probably go for Bruce Campbell.
1: Mm. that's a because very good one
2: I'm sure he'd be very entertaining yes
1: so we've got Sam Neill and Bruce Campbell
2: so far you might need to fill in a, a little gap you know uh, with a dance but yes. of course this Can't is
1: purely that. an this audio, is purely medium. Is. audio medium it, it uh, could be
0: terrible that said I think I would oh no I don't know does he he doesn't know doesn't count as horror so who uh, John Waters he's not really done uh, horror movies per se
2: no
1: he has but equally on my first list as well uh, Lady Jennifer's suggestion when I was discussing it with her uh, she had Edgar Wright on there oh that's a good one um, yeah because he has done a couple of horror movies but ultimately he'd be a really interesting guy to sit and chat with for the evening I'm sure so uh, yeah yeah uh, yeah. I'm
0: now I'm now thinking of going I'm now thinking of just going, like you said, Elvira, Ingrid Pitt, mm. Madeline Smith, yep. Jamie Lee Curtis. Ooh. Barbara Crampton.
2: Yes. <laughs> These seem to have changed to a lot of females. Yeah, that's, that's He decided did he you was ha- gonna go all the yeah. time. I was just gonna, I was just yeah. gonna burn it up. Did you have any women?
1: Uh I did, I had Elvira on there. Oh, okay. Is the only one, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but yeah, you got to keep Vincent Price in check. Adrian Barbo. Adrian Barbeau, Good yeah. call. I'm, I'm going to
0: go for Kurt Russell. Yes,
1: he's done a couple of horror movies. Yeah, with that. Yeah.
0: Well, if we cover Big Trouble in Little China, that's true. Yeah. The third episode in, <laughs> you know, so we we we're counting <laughs> that as horror. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely give that. Fucking a the thing. Part. I was thinking of the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. was the main. The thing.
2: is Pure. The main horror. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so in the meantime, oh, have you I, I reckon I might have another couple coming up. Oh, coming I got, up! I've got to think. Who stood out to me in a way that—that's why I really went to the screen <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh. Ingrid Pitt, Madeline Smith. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you mentioned him earlier. Go on. He is. He's, he's funny. I think he was in the Carry On screaming. Is he? No, he's in Monsters Go Home
1: terry thomas yes Yes. there you go that's the one he'd be a good guest he would be amazing oh yeah i do love terry thomas um yeah i mentioned him earlier while we were watching this evening's film so that's a Mm. good segue into this
0: evening's film yeah he Um, would have fitted in particularly that's the golfing story but i think he would have he would have got in there quite fitted in
1: quite well uh yeah so 1945's dead of night we've just watched um a staple for myself and Adam, Chris's first watch. Mm. Um, yeah, a, a very early anthology movie, which, as I've said before, are, are some of my favourite horror films. Warwick Davis. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he was in Leprechaun, so you yeah. didn't have that. Yeah, that was, I was surprised. <laughs> oh. um, so, Chris, what did you think on your first watching of Night of the Demons? No, no. <laughs> well, I mean, I tell, of that, but tell us. Really we've about co- covered that before. It's completely irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you tell us about Dead of Night instead?
2: So Dead of Night, I was surprised. Mm. That seemed like way ahead of its time. Totally. I thought mm. the dialogue, the script, the the you know the filming, all of it just seemed like really not what I'd have expected from 1945 at all. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought it was extremely entertaining. Um, I like it didn't take the horror you know too far but it was oh. they did well with the music and it was interesting because that really does show how getting the music right and the timing adds to suspense and a sense of horror even if there's nothing that terrible going on so yeah i just thought really well done because the,
0: the music's a guy called george auric who mm. did um he did a lot of good like okay. soundtrack because weirdly enough i always find especially the further back you go sometimes the particularly when it's like that more melodramatic
2: yeah sort of a, but I, this works so so yeah, I said like I thought like, it could have been over the top yeah. but actually it's they did seem to build it nicely um, and I, but I think that went with the the sense of something bad happening but then they also had some good jokes in there they also seemed relatively you know modern um yeah, they just seem to get a lot of the elements done really well. The acting was great, yeah. I thought. Yeah. yeah, It's
1: fantastic, and to think that this is only four years after Wolfman,
2: like, don't get mm. me wrong, I
1: love the Wolfman what? movie, but it hasn't aged anywhere near well. It, as well, because I was
2: wondering this. whether, yeah, I'll be tempted to watch Wolfman again and just see, but I was, did think maybe the difference was having the humour in this, mm. again, that just helps to keep it, I don't know, yeah, for some reason that seems to not age. I think um, it's
0: a fresher sort of humour 'cause they yeah the, maybe it's kind yeah. of it's like when you watch uh of Frankenstein's a good case, yeah, yes. Yes. yeah, absolutely. the humour in mm. that
2: still worked really well, yeah,
0: still works, and I think yeah, there's a lot there's a lot to be said, and i and again, not wishing to sound. Uh, but like sort of trumpet in it or whatever like that but I do actually think don't trumpet no I think it's a British influence yes you know in because most of the people who were involved with Bride of Frankenstein were Mm -hmm. English or expat English and everything Mm -hmm. else like that and similarly obviously this is Ealing and it's like yeah there's a a lot in there that still transfers to this day and you still get it you know it's not sort of it doesn't... F- and weirdly, and also, it doesn't feel so stagey. It does feel like a movie. Yeah, it mm. does, yeah. Yeah, it's really well shot, as mm. you say, which 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 is
1: the the problem with a lot of those earlier things. You know, like when you look at Dracula or whatever, where, yeah, it was very much like a set camera mm. and they acted as if it was a stage play in front yeah. of it.
0: Yeah, whereas this didn't feel like that at all. It was very edited and mm. it was very... Because uh... it's unusual, because there are four... Because, funnily enough, because I was saying about... You know, nowadays you tend to get anthology movies where it's different directors doing, mm. yeah, like segments and everything else like that. But this is four different directors, and oh, it really? it sort of holds a real consistency. Yeah, I, yeah, I would not have You know, there's no sort of like you, you sort of because yeah, you've got Basil Dearden who did the the purse driver, the like the yeah. racing driver one, and the. And the framing sequence, like the whole wraparound. See,
1: now this is my favourite wraparound story yeah. of any anthology hopper mm. film. I just thought it was amazing
0: because I think it's one of the it's one of the few ones that builds. Because <clears throat> usually it's like sort of like four people get to, four or five people get together, they all tell their story, and at the end of it, oh, you're all dead, yeah, <laughs> or whatever. But with this, it sort of it does actually. Incrementally get to a point, yeah, and it's quite nice because it's because oddly enough, because essentially it shouldn't work because he's telling you that he knows everything that's going on, but then you get that whole like it turns into compulsion and free will and things like that, and it's like, right, everything else is preordained here, so I have to do this, yeah, and yeah, it's sort of, yeah, just very sort of a good. It's a wraparound that pays off and links into everything well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's very much of its sort of of a piece. Which, like I say, and again, just being like four different directors, a number of script writers yeah, and could stuff have like that. Definitely gone wrong. Yeah. You mm. could it could have gone totally tits up. But yeah, but he did uh, Basil Dearden did The Man Who Haunted Himself, the Blue Lamb, League of Gentlemen, Victim, The Assassination Bureau, I don't know if you've ever seen that with yeah. Ollie Reed. It's like <laughs> a steampunk. Uh, 70s film with Ollie Reed and Diana Rigg where they uh, essentially run a they run the Assassination Bureau and then find out that they've actually been targeted by the Assassination Bureau <laughs> Oh right, cool It's a weird caper movie that is Oh, we'll be checking that out very soon Yeah, Then um, the Christmas party in the Ventriloquist Dummy are credited to well, it's Cavalcanti but his his real name is Alberto Cavalcanti but he had but he was credited mainly just as Cavalcanti. Yeah. So he was. So I'll do misti- that. If that was my son. Yeah. If yeah, yeah. Misti- you're being <laughs> mysterious and foreign. Um, but he did a film called Went the Day Well, which was like a, a which is a really good, um, like World War Two film where it's basically Germans invading an English village. Okay. And sort of like the people. And I remember seeing it years ago when I was a kid, and it's just one of those ones that sort of oddly stuck. Mm. you know it's just it's just it was just good like a black and white film in the middle of the afternoon and it was like no this is cracking this Mm. is yeah Um, The Haunted Mirror is done by Robert Harmer who uh, did School for Scoundrels and Kind Hearts and Coronets that would explain why that's my favourite segment yeah (laughs) and then the golfer's story is Charles Crichton who was doing like well he was doing like he did most of the big a lot of the big Ealing films mm. Lavender Hill Mob Titfield Thunderbolt Battle of the Sexes Human Cry but he also was working he did A Fish Called Wonder so he was going oh, for wow. years and years and he did a lot he also did a lot of TV as well but um, yeah so you've got like a fairly a good mixed bag and and certainly people quite a few people who were doing Obviously, within Ealing anyway. Yeah. Like Basil Dearden and, and uh, Robert Harmer and Charles Crichton, they were all sort of doing uh, stuff for Ealing anyway. Yeah. And I didn't realise this until I was looking it up. This is Ealing Studios' only horror film. Hmm. No way, really. Well, because, I mean, obviously they were quite famous because it was always the Ealing comedies. Yeah, yeah. But I assumed there might have been something else. and No, this is their literally their only, the only one. But then is it a bit sort of like, there you go. Yeah. Mic drop. Yeah. yeah. We, we don't need <laughs> to do anything like, The law of diminishing returns. I <laughs> yeah. am not setting foot in this. We've just done a belter. Leave mm.
1: it. <laughs> yeah. And it and it is but I suppose that's the thing. Like there is an element, as you say, with of comedy to to some of these stories. Mm. Yeah, so I think that's probably why they managed to pull it off so well, because mm. they're ultimately uh, they're pretty good at that time and yeah yeah
0: but yeah I didn't realize this was their only horror see Um, I can't remember who it was I think it might have been Roger Corman who said about um, horror and comedy actually share the same a lot of the same techniques yeah yeah yeah. and it is about forcing a unexpected reaction from an audience yeah Mm. Whether so it's a laugh whether a it's shot. a laugh or a scream yeah. or whatever like that. And yeah, I think But like, I
2: heard Lee screaming a lot. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I think that definitely plays into this. Mm. Like, you know, there is there's a lot of there's a lot of good actors who know their shit. Mm. Yeah.
1: Um and know uh, the, they are the shit. The performances in this were absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um As you say, considering how long ago it is, and if you go back to the forties, some stuff is so
2: ropeily acted. Mm. Um, Yeah, whereas this felt really good. I thought that particularly with the ventriloquist one, because Mm. being a ventriloquist, he was also a very good actor. Mm. Um, Both of them, but you know, the guy mostly doing it just seemed, you know, playing someone going a bit crazy. Mm.
0: Oh yeah, no, I mean he. But also
2: still doing a good act and funny with it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's
0: uh, oh, I'll have to remember which one it is. Because there's a few of them. Mm. Well, um, I
2: suppose they do need to act when they're doing it on stage anyway. Mm, but that yeah. doesn't. I don't. I wouldn't have imagined that necessarily would translate so well. No.
0: Well, that's it's um, it's Michael Redgrave. who is and he is of the Redgrave acting dynasty. Mm. So you've probably heard of Vanessa Redgrave. Yep. Uh, also, Lynn and Corin Redgrave, so he's their father, mm. and then his grandfather uh, to Natasha Richardson who was Liam Neeson's wife who died mm. in the skiing accident a That's few right. years back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jolie Richardson um, who was obviously in um, Event Horizon uh-huh. um, and Gemma Redgrave uh, who plays Kate Lethbridge-Stewart in Doctor Who, so there's, there's a lot of That's them, good, yeah. but he's also in The Innocence um, he's the uncle in The Innocence He's in. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh yeah, this was a weird one. Uh, he's Danvers in a musical version of Jekyll and Hyde from 1975, featuring Kirk Douglas, Donald Pleasance, and Susan George. That sounds interesting. Yeah, that's just weird. <laughs> so yeah, but I mean, he was. I mean, like the Red Graves have been fucking like clamped onto the British film industry and yeah, acting yeah. away for years so yeah but I mean he is pretty good pedigree he is good in that I mean funnily enough I, I was looking mm. up Hartley Power the guy who played Sylvester Key mm. I just feel that I've seen him in about 8 billion other things mm. and no oh, I've never no. seen a single other thing <laughs> that he's ever done but like I say I think it is <laughs> that, that he's l- he's like Phil Silver's and uh Telly Savalas' bastard child <laughs> it's like <laughs> but again he feels quite modern in it, do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like that weird thing where you watch the very original House of Wax, and everyone's kind of nineteen thirties screwball comedy dialogue, and you're like, "Why does this feel more current than the the, the later like later <laughs> adaptations of everything?" But but weirdly enough, uh, Michael Redgrave isn't doing the voice of the dummy. Mm. No,
1: because I noticed he wasn't actually doing no, he's not any doing ventriloquism. any ventriloquism. Yeah, so it was just dubbed on afterwards, which yeah was interesting
0: yeah and uh, but the guy who was doing the voice of hugo was arthur bruff who was the father of peter bruff who was a famous very famous ventriloquist in the uh, 50s and 60s who had a puppet called archie andrews and he used to be on the radio so I mean, that is a. <laughs> that sums up the British entertainment industry more than anything else.
1: Ventriloquism on the radio. Yeah, and so
0: Archie was this, and uh, and actually, the Hugo was uh, Arthur Bruff's actual own doll called Tim. Mm. But yeah, but Archie Andrews used to be on the radio, and then it went to TV, and people realised that um, uh, Peter Bruff wasn't that good a ventriloquist, so it sort of died on its ass <laughs> at that point. But weirdly enough, loads of people. Graduated from Archie Andrews when it was on the radio. Tony Hancock, uh, oh, really? Kenneth Williams, loads of them were all in like in the Archie Andrews show, and it was basically this naughty schoolboy. But it was like it's a ventriloquist puppet. Yeah. And the thing with Arthur Bruff is there was a famous uh, with Peter Bruff rather is there was he once I can't remember what it was it's a Kenneth Williams' story, but it was like sort of, he said to some actress, "Oh, um, can you see my lips moving?" And she said, "No, only when the doll's talking." <laughs> so, but yeah, so that that like what well, that was a proper ventriloquist doll that belonged to a proper uh, Pucker ventriloquist who then provided the voice as well. Right. Yeah,
2: so, so you said that was like it was obvious that he wasn't doing it because I thought throughout that he was. No, so, uh, so he I does the strain
0: watching. face quite well, yes. doesn't he? Like this, there, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah.
1: But, yeah, I know it's only because of his Adam's apple that he mm. wasn't doing mm. it. But, yeah, as you say, he gave the impression on his face as if he... Yeah, was, so like yeah he I took it as if acting. he was. Not, mm. not, so so yeah, yeah. he actually
2: wasn't a ventriloquist. No, no He was no. just a very good actor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: But, yeah, he convinced you. He did, so he, Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah I just you know.
2: took it as, yeah, he's doing that. and
0: Because, yeah. I mean, I think the ventriloquist, doll is... the it, That seems to be... That's, like, the moment of this film that people took away for years. Yeah. Uh particularly obviously the bit where he gets up at the end and mm. is strangling. Mm. The yeah. Um but yeah there's uh, but yeah a couple of the stories are based on um short stories E.F. Benson is I think the hearse story. Okay. Um, yeah, and that's
2: been adapted like quite a few times, apparently. Um, and so that, uh, that made me think at that point, though. I, I was wondering how far they were going to take the effect. And mm. they showed the bus. And that, I guess it yeah. looked a bit like a miniature. It was. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it yeah, you, know, yeah. You, you could tell it. But I thought, yeah, I wonder what they're actually going to show here. How bad is that crash going to be? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it's still... Pretty
1: good. It reminded me of Final Destination, like yeah, just yeah, the, yeah, thinking, set up for yeah. the story. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Not
2: that I've seen Final Destination, I just know I've heard <laughs> what, what happens in it. I think most people's experience of it now yeah. Nice.
0: <laughs> But yeah, so the but yeah, and then I think the yeah, the golfing one is based on an HG Wells story mm. called the the story of the inexperienced ghost. <laughs>
2: mm. Yeah, I mean that that was pretty much comedy. Yeah, that was a full-on comedy. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah.
0: But again, and this was something that sort of, actually, probably the most famous person in the film nowadays yeah. um, is Fred the Barman in that one. You know, where he just sees the talking yeah, to himself yeah. and he's going, drops crazy. a glass and runs off. But yeah. yeah, but he was the voice of the book in the radio and TV Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm. He's the oh, original really? narrator of that. Oh. And just in so many, and just like a comedy god. I mean, he worked with like the Goodies, Spike Milligan, wow. um, he's in Whoop's Apocalypse as Prime Minister Kevin Polk, who is the best character in it. I
1: still haven't seen Whoop's oh, man. Apocalypse, I really just, amazing.
0: It's just his opening line where, Labour of One" and he sits there and he's going, right, now, how can I put this, um, no, I'll just come out and say <sighs> hmm. I am Superman. <laughs> and if you need any further proof, then he takes his glasses off. Well, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and uh, yeah, but he's so he's probably the most famous person sort of out of this nowadays. But the two guys in the golfing story, um, I recognised one of them. Well, they're based on it's it's bizarre. They are based on two characters in Alfred Hitchcock's film, The Lady Vanishes. Who are two sports obsessed guys in that called Charters and Caldicott? Okay. And then, what's oh, the bloody thing about it? I did, I, I written it down because <laughs> I do things <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, they're meant to be the characters, they're meant to be the same characters from The Lady Vanishes. But those two actors, um, f- they were sort of popular with audiences from The Lady Vanishes. hmm. So they reprised the role of sports-obsessed duo in many different films and radio, sometimes as the original characters and sometimes as with Dead of Night under different names to avoid copyright. Mm-hmm. Ah. They also played the characters in six radio series between 1946 and 52, again renamed to avoid copyright, and then the last two series under the character names used in Passport of Pimlico. But there, yeah, how many is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. They did twelve films together. Bloody yeah. As either those characters or as you know adaptions of those characters. Then um they're played the same characters are played by Arthur Lowe and Ian Carmichael in the hammer version of the uh, Lady Vanishes.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Um and they uh Calder Cotton Charters even had their own BBC TV series in uh the eighties. And yeah, there's just these two sort of characters, but yeah, those those two guys were playing they basically ended up playing that uh, a, a sports obsessed double act for the best part of the re- remainder of their careers after doing The Lady Vanishes.
1: So uh, Basil Radford, uh, who's in that story, who's the I think he's probably the older of the two with the moustache. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, so it was my dad's birthday I thought, a fortnight ago, and he regularly goes on about a film called Whiskey Galore.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, another Ealing comedy. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, and I don't think it ever made it to DVD, but it's just been released on Blu Ray. Yes, oh yeah, sir. yes. So Whiskey Galore is definitely one that I'll be checking out at some point soon, um, as it with is Basil Redford. Um, with Basil Redford. Um, but yeah, I've heard many good things about it from my father, who, as we discussed previously, I think started my horror
0: obsession. So mm, um, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of good healing comedies. You know, a lot of them are great because you've got. So well, as we mentioned, think um before um.
1: I think um, balls, we mentioned it long, long ago. Lady Killers? No. Terry Thomas. Mm. School for Scandals.
0: I'm not sure if that is actually. Oh, is it not? No, I'm not sure. You could be right. But so so I looked up, because obviously there is the difference between Ealing Studios as an actual place and Ealing Studios as a film production company. Yeah. um, Who were using the studio. But they are the oldest continuing working film studio in the world. Wow. The actual Ealing premises. Uh, uh, White Lodge and Ealing Green was purchased by Will Barker as a base for film production in 1902, then purchased by Basil Dean in 1929, who founded Associated Talking Pictures, built the actual Ealing Studios in '31. Dean left in '38, and the company discontinued uh, the ATP name and began releasing films under the name Ealing Studios. Yeah. Uh, the company was eventually purchased by Rank in 1944. Um, Ealing Studios released a, classic, a series of classic British films, mainly comedies Hue and Cry, The Lady Killers, Man in the White Suit, Kind Hearts and Coronets, Whiskey Galore, Lavender Hill Mob, Tit Phil Thunderbolt, The Blue Lamb, and Passport to Pimlico. Nice. In 1955, the studio was purchased by The Beeb um, with other. Ealing Studios films being made at Boreham Wood hmm. like MGM Studios um, and The Beeb made it a dedicated film studio for themselves for uh, quite Mass in the Pit Doctor Who's Zed Cars oh, uh, Porridge yeah. yeah yeah. he's haunting us yeah.
1: <laughs> oh uh, Porridge we mentioned earlier as well because Googie Withers Googie is Withers in, is, yeah um, who I had no idea who it was but I knew she was mentioned in uh, yeah because it's the
0: what is it it's a uh, well, he's it's all right for him, he's Hardy Kruger. That's right. What well, Hardy Kruger, yeah, you know, the one that got away. Well, don't worry, I've seen be Googie Withers again. Googie Withers, Within These Walls. Yeah. Because Googie Withers played a governess in a TV show called Within These Walls. Ah. And that's where, yeah, so that's where so that's that basic. comes from. Yeah, Googie Withers
1: is a lot hotter than I was expecting. <laughs> she was well, you expect her to wither a Googie, didn't you? Well, exactly, you know, yeah. But there
0: we go. But no, she didn't at all. Um, go you. BBC sold the Ealing National Film uh, sold Ealing to the National Film and Television Studio in '95, and they were bought by a consortium in 2000. And then uh, films shot there now include *The Descent*, *Shaun of the Dead*, *Notting Hill*, *Burke and Hare*, mm-hmm. uh, nice. *Downton Abbey*, *The Royal Family*, and stuff. Yeah. This I thought might intrigue Chris.
2: Photos of Googie Withers. <laughs> photos of
0: Googie Withers. That I think Lee's going to invite her to his. Uh, I, I his, think I, I, his Afternight Soiree. I think I am. Someone's getting bumped and I'm afraid it <laughs> might be Bella Lugosi. But, uh... Bella Fugugi. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's silly names all the way, isn't it, really? Well, yeah. But, um, Seeing Dead of Night and the circular nature of the plot inspired cosmologists Fred Hoyle, Thomas Gold and Herman Bondi to develop the steady-state theory of the universe. Wow. So, that's, um, uh, that's quite an achievement yeah. from, uh, a great film. Yeah. yeah. A now largely discounted alternative to the Big Bang. It mm. posits that the universe is always expanding but maintaining a constant average density. So basically, just matter just <laughs> appears and appears and appears. Okay. But yeah, so it's, it's not a particularly. Yeah, like I say, it's not a theory that people really go with now. No. no, but not yeah. I suppose not since the Big Bang. That's but, still impressive. But yeah. Dead of Night inspired that. They all <laughs> went and I love the fact they all went and saw it. And it's yeah. just like, oh what are we gonna do on that night out? Um, also the murder in the Christmas tale yes. is a real murder. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, Francis Kent was murdered by his sister Constance in a real crime mm. and it was later the basis of the book and T V adaptations The Suspicions of Mr Witcher. Oh, Which nice. I'm assuming Jennifer watched.
1: Oh, I, would, I would guess. I would, so. I would guess so. Yeah, there's got her written all
0: over isn't it. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean, I just, I just love this fucking film. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think there's so many. There's just a lot of cool stuff that inspires later things. Yeah, um, but without causing. Uh, without losing anything itself it doesn't have it's not like some things where it's like right this is the film that has all the cliches that you now know mm. yeah this has a lot more I mean certainly that end sort of fugue that it goes into yeah. where yeah. suddenly he's in all the other stories and yeah that's just brilliant mm. that's just wonderfully bizarre and dark
1: so yeah absolutely and as you said you can totally see the stuff that so like you say like the final destinationness of the hearse story mm. um as well as uh the haunted mirror one mm. is one that's very similar to uh an episode that's in one of the amicus
0: yeah isn't there ones. one where it's it's a girl and pose mirror or something like that no no that's a different one. I'm, yeah, I one no, you mean.
1: Is, uh, this is the one with David Warner. Yes. Where he buys the mirror and it
0: convinces him to kill people and feed them to the mirror. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think that would be my main thing that I'd be pissed off about is the fact that mirrors reflecting a better flat than I've yeah. got <laughs> You know, it's like four posts of bed and a roaring fire, and you're just in like, you know, you're just like
2: some sort of pre <laughs> Yeah. And it would be me. And, and very, very. That one did seem ahead of its time because it had a very strong. Female role. Yeah, like you said at the time. Emotionally stable and the man was losing it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And he was the one getting arsey and
0: uh, ratty about it. Paranoid. Yeah. And Googie was pulling it all together.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We we all rely on Googie. (laughs) Um, And so like at the very end, he he has the nightmare again and his wife sort of comes in and then he starts to forget about it. And then you know, and he then hears the starts name starts and it's But yeah, but so, is that it then? It is yeah, that a he recurring, does, yeah. he is going to do that forever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, ultimately. Um,
1: again, there's no explanation as to why. Yeah. But yeah, that's obviously what his reality he's is, that in, he just yeah. keeps running through yeah. this loop over and over again. Uh, yeah, which is say for a, a film of 1945. Well, yeah. Yeah. So far ahead of its time, it's insane.
0: Because you do, I mean, there are sort of, um, that, it, strangely enough, I think they rip that for ghost stories, like the live as well as the yes. where it sort of yeah. uh, it works within itself as a loop. Yeah, but yeah, I, I'm sorry, I've just lost it because I'm just sitting there going, Devon, "Oh, it's fucking great!" <laughs> yeah. you know, in mid brain,
1: it is good when a film is so good it breaks your brain to talk about yeah. it. Really, oh, definitely,
0: definitely. Uh,
1: and on that on that note, uh, so for the next episode. Um, we agreed that as you haven't seen it, Chris, uh, and Adam hasn't seen it for a while, we are going to re-watch The Burbs. Oh, yes. Mm. Cool. Um, so that is lined up for our next episode, which I'm very much so, looking forward to. So this to. is the one
2: where I thought it was uh, a front cover with Coneheads. Was there a film called Coneheads? Yeah, yeah, is that what I'm cool. mixing yeah. i mixing mean, yeah, up? Maybe Dan Dan they were sitting next... Uh, Dan Aykroyd, okay. not Aykroyd. Hold on, but in The Burbs, it's um, Tom Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Yeah. And didn't they do something together as well?
0: Yeah, they did Big. Ah. Yeah, he's the, w- Maybe just, like, the mixed, woman in Big. Mixed up so many things. <laughs> he is, he's the woman in <laughs> Big, who's technically a, a a predator.
1: Don't don't listen to him. It's, it's, true. it's true. It's but true. But Big is a fantastic yeah. film.
0: And actually that's a animatronic uh Tom Hanks that dances on the cable because right, they couldn't it. get a cable that day. big. This isn't going. <laughs> That was just a normal sized cable that him and Robert oh. <laughs>
1: Um Yeah, so we'll be back in a fortnight's time with uh, the Burbs. Uh, don't forget to send us your hashtag Ask Welcome to questions. Uh, we love them and they're great fun. Um, also, yeah, uh, please do send us your suggestions for things to watch. Um, and to cover, as we've just done two yeah, good, requests back-to-back. Back. Good strike um, rate, actually, as yeah, well. Yeah, and they've been well really everyone. good. Really yeah. enjoyed them. Um, yeah, so please send us those. Uh, yeah, or just email us about whatever shit you fancy talking about. We're always good for that. Um, yeah, so thanks ever so much for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye.
2: Bye. Did I manage to get six people? <laughs> I don't think you did. <laughs> I reckon i had five. I reckon you had five you <laughs>